When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Fridays here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. So we do have some phones that are working. All of them? Some of them? Are you asking me? Yes. Which I knew. <laughs> You've been pl- putting wagers down for your beloved abs. You got your avalanche sweater on. It's 85% humidity outside and 85 degrees and you're wearing your abs sweater, so I appreciate the fandom. It's uh, it's not the nice like fancy on ice one. It's the cheap little like. It's it's breathable. Breathable. Uh, that's what we'll say. It's not cheap. It's breathable. It's it's, 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 it's mint it's, for summer days. It's, it's breathable. It's a breathable hockey sweater. We'll dive into some Husker baseball. Big big pod coming up in Bloomington. Two against the Buckeyes. Two against the Hoosiers. That is uh, on the docket tonight and uh, into the weekend, so we'll have some thoughts from Will Bolt on that. We'll dive into some Husker football scheduling thoughts here. Uh, Again, we didn't get to all of it in the mailbag yesterday. And uh, I don't know, some news and notes, too, with the NFL. Interesting way, uh, interesting look how things are going, uh, you know, the Urban Meyer way. I mean, everyone's all in down in Jacksonville. What's that going to be like, not just in year one, but year two, year three, assuming there's a, a year three, and I would assume he'll get two years down there. But, it, you know, and it's not like he's spurrier and let's bring my system down. Urban will adapt, but Urban's really kind of upgraded the old payroll, uh, not just with draft picks and talent, but, I mean, Tim Tebow, for God's sake, got signed. And uh, everyone's bought a Tim Tebow jersey. Uh, One of the top high school running backs in the country says peace out to his high school team. Some thoughts on that. And uh, you can email us, chris at hailvarsity.com. And find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah. So two things to smile about. A, with this uh, mask mandate gone no more masking, uh, at least for, directed to you by the health department. So that means everything's uh, open, man. 100% capacity for you for Nebraska-Michigan baseball next weekend. 100% capacity for you with football, which is great. How was the experience? Because I saw different things on social media by a lot of fans and uh, Husker fans, that is trying to get Garth Brooks tickets. One Elijah Herbal was also staring at his computer. So talk to me here. 90 minutes, 
90,000 goodnight. A, a shout-out tweet from Garth Brooks, of course, towards Husker Nation about how the, the Big Red killed it, and uh, it's going to be a party on August 14th. Can't wait for it. 100% capacity, yay, yay. So not a, not, I don't dislike Garth. Nothing from him in my playlist, but I don't I turn that off. I'm not that guy. Good dude. Good talent. Looks to have a good time. Are you uh, still shopping for seats? I am still shopping for seats, unfortunately. The, the big problem was was uh, by the time that like I was into the... They went on sale at, what, 10 this morning? They, they went on sale at 10, but what I didn't realize, and this is probably on me, was, was that the queue online started at 9. So I joined right at 10. Yeah. And when I joined right at 10... the rest of the state. <laughs> yeah. some, some were in the queue, and then some joined at 10 along with, uh, with Elijah. Yeah, so as soon as I joined in, uh, it already said there's 2,000-plus people in queue ahead of you, and it was much more than that because I was waiting in that queue for and they an could And they could have bought... 50 tickets, two tickets, didn't matter. You just had 2,000 people in front of you. I don't know. But all I know is whenever I whenever I got to my chance to buy tickets. You got a middle finger. Did it just pop up? It said, <laughs> go big red with the song and just give you, was it a digital middle finger that just, that just kind of popped up? That's what it felt like. And said, hey, thanks for giving us your time this morning. See ya. <laughs> Well, I, like I go look at the seat map, and you know you look at it. It's like all the gray dots are taken, mm-hmm. all the blue dots are like the seats that are available. And it was just a couple blue dots in a sea of gray. And I'm like, okay, my dad wanted to go, my brother wanted mm-hmm. to go, his fiance, soon to be wife, mm-hmm. wants to go. I want to go. That's four tickets. So nothing right together. There. No. What you no, do, what you close. do is you should have bought four, and then just you know gone Keystone on them and, and charged them. 100% markup. I know you love your family, but you're also about making money. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. To, well, the, the problem is, is these seats are already, they're listed at like 85 bucks, but then by the time you get through all like the processing fees and stuff. Your dad would have paid 200. Stuff, but by the time you get through all the processing fees and stuff, probably would have cost me 140 a seat. Yeah. Those, those Ticketmaster yeah. processing fees, and I'm not even sure like convenience fees, service fees, they throw all the fees on top of uh-huh. there just to make it seem like you're getting a, a ticket for a good deal and it's not. Sure. So I'll, I'll, I'll save a little bit of money if a good opportunity comes my way down the road, whether it be on StubHub or a f- friend doesn't want to go anymore. Walk, I may, walk, I may walk down the hall later. Okay. Just walk down the hall later. That'll do. All right. But are, you, are, are there tickets somewhere in this building already? Oh, I'm, I'm sure there's lots because our, our country station, 96 Kicks, is, like, incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if somebody in this town's going to have them, they do. <laughs> my, my question is, does the producer of Hale Varsity Radio have any, any say in who gets those tickets? No, you do not. <laughs> but you can do lots of nice things for people in this building between now and then. That's that's good advice, actually. I'll, I'll take that advice. No, it, seriously. I mean, it's worked out to walk down the hall, and that's how I I was able to dirty uh, some Guns N' Roses seats. Mm. I went and saw Kiss with Iowa Russ. It was good, incredible, and we weren't huge Kiss fans, but man, we were after the show. Uh, Chili Peppers. You got a lot of options here at Alpha, baby. No. Now, if they tell you to piss off, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might be the 400th person <laughs> to go say, yo, suit, do you got a pair, baby? Do you got a pair for me? You got a pair of seats to go see Garth, and the suit may look at you and grunt, and that's a no. It's okay. 
But you can you have other options versus your handling and processing fees and your single seat you didn't want to just pull the trigger on. And I, I have built up a good uh, a good rapport with uh, Will, who is doing evenings on kicks. Yes. Maybe, maybe that's my in. Maybe that's how I get into this Garth Brooks. Tell him you will feed and water his mullet daily. I mean, otherwise, I'm just going to be hopping fences. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Uh, let's dive into some Nebraska football. Let's talk quarterbacks. We'll get into to that schedule discussion when it comes to the toughest Big Ten game for Nebraska, not named Ohio State. We'll, we'll dive into that with Derek Peterson. He's coming up in about 10 minutes. We'll spend time with the Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. And then Charlie Meyer, man, Salt Dog season number 20. Uh, I'm so excited to go take Junior to some baseball and uh, and see some some action. Get a get a hot dog, get a cold beer, and just be out. Uh, we're going to be on the road Tuesday for their home opener, live hail varsity at Haymarket. So that'll be outstanding. So uh, when it comes to quarterbacks, so we've talked a lot about uh, MJ Morris and where's he at in this process was supposed to be mid-may the kid out of atlanta the quarterback that's trying to decide between nebraska and trying to decide between georgia tech and uh, tim beck and north carolina state so there's not really been a date circled yet that's not new news that's reinforced news uh you have uh, the quarterback harrell uh nebraska made his kind of cut list uh also with that uh, you have uh, a situation here where you're looking at, at this talent out of Hawaii, Bianco. And I, I look at, at him, A.J. Bianco, offered way back in June of 2019 by Nebraska. Nebraska is one of the three teams that have offered him, uh, the other being Washington State and Hawaii. And then you got a bunch of other programs that really love him, but they want to see him. All right. And just a little backstory on A.J. Bianco, the kid out of St. Louis High in Honolulu, the quarterback, already at 6'2 and a half, 6'3 ish, 210 pounds. Watched a little film on him. Granted, it's on air, but great frame, wonderful motion. And I think he looks like a pretty big time quarterback to, to my untrained eye, right? Oh, spiral. Uh, not a lot of air under an out route. Kid's got an arm, right? Is it as simple as that? I, I like Bianco. He's kind of a throw-first guy, okay? So the kid was hurt as a sophomore. They had COVID last year. Not they or him, but there was no football in Hawaii last year. So the kid hasn't played in, in, in really two years. So, uh, you know, who's going to be the yes man for for Nebraska uh, when it comes to this quarterback in 2022. And, and Nebraska recruits him the hardest. And Nebraska and Bianco are trying to, to nail a, a date down in June. And you got to ask yourself, if you're Nebraska moving forward, what do you have and what do you want? Okay. You had a, a pretty outstanding leader that, that was hurt in, in Adrian Martinez. He was good enough to get an offer and, and get a commitment to Tennessee. Coaching change opened that door for you, and you were able to get a, a guy like Adrian because you were at a bigger school, right? Uh, 
where's Nebraska at? What's the ceiling and upside? How accurate can you be on your projection with the kid between whether you're getting a kid that is out of state and in Bianco's case, really out of state with Hawaii? Uh, and and what, what, what level is he coming in at? Is this kid going to be a project or is he pretty polished, right? We, we look at uh, Harburg. And, and I don't pretend to have seen every rep he's taken, but based on what we saw in the spring game, kids ahead of schedule from a physical talent standpoint, right? And, who's, and, and we look at Smothers. He's a guy that continues to work, refine. They've had to adjust his stroke and his mechanics, right? That's more of a project. you got a phenomenal athlete with great speed. Where's he need to up his game and get better? And he's working to do it. That's throwing the football. McCaffrey, Mac was kind of a project. Nebraska is the only place that recruited him as a quarterback. Everyone else loved him as an athlete, and and while Mac wasn't didn't have a, a, a great short career in Lincoln when it comes to touchdowns to interception ratios, the kid did do some okay things. He beat Penn State for you, okay. So, what's the what's the level like uh, of, of talent you're getting, and what's the the how much project, how much work is this kid going to be? Uh, whoever your quarterback ends up being. So if, if I'm Nebraska, the, the Bianco part really intrigues me just because of, of kind of the lineage. First and foremost, when we talk uh, about Hawaiian quarterbacks and Frost's history, right? You've got uh, Mariota, that was a, a St. Louis high guy, go all the way back, Dominic Raiola, a St. Louis guy, that Nebraska did have really good hits when they did go to Hawaii. This is 20, 25 years ago. We'll get to the phones in a minute. Bianco, to me, is is, is really, God, I'd, I'd really, if Frost likes him and, and, and Super Mario loves how he throws already, and he seems like a throw-first guy, and the kid loves Frost's offense, and Frost is treated like royalty in Hawaii because of the Mariota and Milton connection, if that's who they like, if they can get him, and I'm not saying that, that Morris isn't the option. I'm not saying that uh, a kid like like Harrell isn't the option. The kid out of San Antonio also uh, is is really big and can play ball. And his name's escaping me. That's that's horrid. Sorry, but long and short, try and if 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 you like Bianco the most and you're all in with him, try and go get him. Yeah, and, and, that's who you like best, and you think he's coming in with a with a higher polish. Try and go get him. I, I don't know much about the kid, but I mean, I watched the same huddle type huddle tape you did, and I noticed the same things. Uh, not much arc on the out routes. Got some zip on the ball, a nice spiral. And those are the same things I saw in Heinrich Harburg in the spring game. And I think if you can have those things, you're a lot closer to being a Big Ten ready quarterback uh, than a guy who's just coming in as an athlete. What's what's your injury history? There's a little bit there because of his sophomore year, but COVID kind of blew things up. Where can we go? Uh, he's got a long list of, of tour dates this summer, so not going to be easy for Nebraska if that's who they want, if that's who's number one on their board. Chris, I've been blabbing too long. I got about 90 seconds, but go ahead. Hey, so one thing I wanted to add to kind of what you're already talking about is, and it is really difficult sometimes to uh, gauge this, a kid coming out of high school, but what is their their leadership capabilities. I need my quarterback to be a leader on the field, and I'm not going to turn this into an Adrian Martinez bash session, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know how much of a leader he is to the guys. I know he's been voted captain. I understand that. But 
Um, I just don't know if he has the, the leadership that we're looking for. That's it. No, that's all good. That's that's fine, and and you gotta gotta a lead by example. Chris, thanks for the phone call. Gotta lead by example, and guess what? Your wins do a lot of that leadership for you. Takes care of itself if you're winning ball games, and I think there are guys that are more comfortable being vocal, and there are some guys that maybe aren't as comfortable being vocal. And the other side of it is, and this, this is any program. Uh, while you're not in the uh, in the NFL, because you know Bill Parcells treated Lawrence Taylor a hell of a lot differently than he treated everybody else, but LT showed up on Sundays sometimes with with uh, dead legs and no sleep. Uh, we'll leave that story to another time. But no, you got to get that quarterback who is vocal, can can be healthy, and absolutely lead by example and, and that example is his play Torres is the other kid that uh, is six six with a strong arm so pretty intriguing about the, the the quarterback you know set up for Nebraska who do they go with who can they get we'll talk with Derek Peterson here on the way with Hale Varsity and now and now back to Hale Varsity Radio Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairberry's coming up. Phones are working. That's cool. Awesome. And uh, can dial us up 466 3776 825 5865. We say hi to Derek Peterson from HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Dr. PDHV on Twitter. Derek, true or false, you have a Jags Tebow jersey on. <laughs> false. Are you purchasing not one? A big, not a, I'm not a big NFL jersey guy. I've got um, quite a few Thunder NBA jerseys. I've got a Bulls jersey. Um, I've got a Tottenham Hotspur uh, Son jersey, good choice. But NFL jerseys, just not, just not, I've never been a big NFL jersey guy, so I don't have one. Okay, how about a, a Ted Lasso mustache? Are you going to work on growing one of those? Oh, if I could, I would. That man is my hero. That's a good show, bro. <laughs> okay, so well, yes, and, and, and it's it's doubly um, awesome for me because the like the original skit almost a decade ago that the show is based off of was was. Uh, featuring Tottenham with like like super young Gareth Bale, so super fun for me. We'll work on the the, the Ted mustache. I think a road Jags Tebow number eighty five. You can wear that to the first presser. It'll be okay. Um, you want to get it for me, or do one of your listeners want to get it for me? I'll, I'll accept that. I'm not an athlete. I can accept gifts. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll pass the hat around. <laughs> We'll work on that, and we'll let you, we'll let you know. Um, I want to I want to dive into the, the mailbag. Love the Hale Varsity mailbag. You always put out a tweet. You take input from the great readers and uh, and listeners. And interested in your take here. Uh, toughest Big Ten game, not named Ohio State next year. And I I mean I got the the schedule. Kind of in order at Illinois, at Sparty, Northwestern, Michigan, at Minnesota, Purdue, at Wisconsin, Iowa. What team do you think? I mean, obviously we can we can dive into each team and reasons. I I think you're the the one team that that will out talent you other than Ohio State is 
is going to be Michigan, and then I think Wisconsin's second right there. I think there are some teams that, that have out-disciplined you, and I think there's some teams in the past couple, three years that have out-toughed you. Remains to be seen if Nebraska will ever get out-toughed uh, because it looks like that's getting shored up. Are you going to get out-coached or out-disciplined? Time will tell with that. What team, I guess, frightens you most on the schedule, not named Ohio State? Um, I'm not scared of Michigan. That's kind of a big one on the schedule. Mm-hmm. It's at home. Um, but it's also uh, kind of a, a a Michigan team trending the other way. I'm not I'm not terribly sure, concerned sure. about them. Um, the one that is that that is probably and and honestly, you know, you don't. I don't think anybody really expects them to beat Ohio State. So to call that one like the toughest, it's going to be, obviously it's going to be the hardest. But mm-hmm. I think the toughest game for Nebraska might be Wisconsin, just because of. I don't think it's just a game um, for them. I don't think it's just one other game for them. Sort of in the way, I mean, they might get there with with Ohio State, but like Wisconsin just sort of represents this thing that Nebraska um, probably wishes that it was right now, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in the Big Ten West and this this sort of um, bully that they haven't been able to get past on the playground for. Was it like nine years now? I don't. I don't they, I, they haven't beaten Wisconsin since 2012. And that was that was. I, I don't think it was right. And that was like the the. <laughs> that that was. And the, then the title game happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, then, then, then the Kenny, rematch Kenny happened. Right. Yes. Kenny Bell's block is the only thing that that we recognize from that Big Ten title game. Yeah, Kenny Bell right. killed a man um, and got flagged for it. <laughs> Hey, don't, didn't um, Adrian that, Martinez also run like 80 yards up? The, like he, he ran like 200 yards total. No, he, yeah, he ran 160 yards. He ran back to the end zone. It was the mother of all draw plays, and then he weaved through ta- through traffic, and then another interception happened. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that one's going to be the toughest, just because Wisconsin is a tough team in general. Wisconsin is a good team, mm-hmm. uh, but beyond that, you know, Wisconsin has a coach. And, and Paul Chris, that I think everybody remembers uh, what happened the last time Nebraska was, was in Madison. And um, I, I bet several people will uh, bring that up mm-hmm. in the locker room leading up to the game. Um, it's tough to win in Madison. And just, just because of the, I, I think the, maybe the mental uh, barrier, roadblock, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, um, that, that is in place with that team. Um, you know, even if even if we think Nebraska might be more talented than Wisconsin this year, which maybe it's a, a conversation to have, surely um, they probably will be in, in future years, which is no knock to Wisconsin. Um, but it's always tough to get over that kind of a, a mental hurdle. Um, and so with them, I just always think like with them, it's going to be a little bit more. It's going to mean a little bit more. And it's like until Nebraska can sort of get that monkey off his back and win one against Wisconsin. I think that one's always going to be super tough regardless of, of kind of what the talent gap or lack thereof is between the two teams. I think they're pretty comparable with, with talent. I think Wisconsin's developed better and they have an identity and they've got they're more discipline, right? They're more disciplined. They just kind of do them and they, have been great off the. I mean, they've had really good line outside linebacker play. I mean, they had good pressure on quarterbacks. Now, Wisconsin, once they got hit in the mouth last year, 
they limped to the finish, right? I mean, you saw them kill Michigan, and then that's the best you'd seen them look, and, and then they they didn't really ever re- recapture that last season. I'm, I'm making a lot of the Illinois game, right? Illinois has beat up Nebraska in two of the last three years. They beat Nebraska last year. I know it's a new head coach, but even whatever you think of Lovey Smith, now you got a guy who's won a lot in the Big Ten, and it's going to be a you know a, a will a test of wills with uh, Illinois. And I know that they're not supposed to be as talented on paper as Nebraska, but they have they have physically harmed Nebraska two of the last three years. And now you got the pig farmer with the headset on, and that's what he's all about, man. Lovey's Lovey's a really good defensive coach. Lovey's a smart coach. Lovey had an eye for talent. I mean, he had some really good players at at Illinois, but Lovey's not a college coach, right? So now you get a now you get a guy back into college, back into the Big Ten with something to prove. On top of the pressure, I mean, you know how fragile this place is now, Derek. Think of you you, you start out with a loss with the world of college football watching at Illinois to start the season in week zero. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on that game to open up. Yeah, it'd be bad. There's a lot of pre- there's a lot of pressure on them for that game. I don't know that necessarily all of that pressure is being applied by Illinois. Um, probably a, a good percentage of it is being applied by Nebraska themselves. Just yes, because they know that yes. They, they got to have a specific kind of season uh, for some of the <clears throat> noise to quiet down around them. And if you start out with a loss to Illinois, uh, regardless of the challenges that are presented by a Big Ten opponent, a conference opponent in Week One, um, it, it, the noise is going to get louder. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, um, that'll be a tough game, and that'll be a good indicator, good witness test of of where they're at for sure. So, I, I agree with you that it's Wisconsin's probably your, your toughest Big Ten game, not named Ohio State. I'm interested. I mean, I can I can make a case for for a lot of the games, right? Because Nebraska has been outcoached by Purdue in the recent history. They've been outcoached by Minnesota in the recent history. They've been outcoached and outphysical by Wisconsin. Iowa makes just one more play or two more plays than than Nebraska. Northwestern the same way. And then Mel Tucker's two and zero against Scott Frost, and that's right after whatever happens in Norman happens uh, on the road. Mm-hmm. So how do you bounce back from a potential tough ball game in Norman, whether you win, lose, or, or keep it competitive, or you get blown out, whatever it is. So th- there's a lot of tough games the way the schedule's stacked. It's not just who's on the schedule, Derek, but where things kind of fall into place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, their their schedule is uh, pretty unforgiving, um, but, you know, to, to get where they want to go, you got to buckle up the chin strap and take down whoever's in front of you. Two minutes. What would you do, if anything, if you got a phone call from, from Adam Silver? Do you like the play-in setup? Have you been okay with how the NBA postseason's gone? I know it's a passion of yours. Do you like how things are navigating here this postseason? Yeah, the play-in was awesome. Uh, the the Warriors-Lakers game was probably the best game NBA game that we've had all season long. Um, more more teams fighting for more stuff uh, later in the year is, is always better. Um, and you know, like I know after the the Hornets game, um, the very first game of the, the playing game that that was sort of a blowout, and then 
whatever the first game was, um, the game before the Lakers Warriors game, it like started out as as sort of lopsided, and then it kind of came back in. I know a lot of people were doing the college football playoff thing, where it's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't have put nine and ten in here. And probably at the end of the day, it's going to be the seven and eight uh, beating the eight and nine or the nine and ten in both the East and the West. Um, but I mean, the the Lakers Warriors game we got it was was worth the other three. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was great TV, which is all the NBA wants. So, yeah, no that, issues. That, that game was, I believe, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, the highest or the most viewed game in the NBA this season, um, despite it being on ESPN, not even on ABC. I mean, there's ABC games going out to national uh, audiences that are getting lower views in the playing games. I think the play-in was a great success. Um, but just speaking of the result, the Lakers now going to go play the Suns. That just seems like a horrible draw for the Suns, right? <laughs> yeah, it sucks for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sucks for them. And, like, too, with the play-in, I mean, not, you're not going to get LeBron James versus Steph Curry every single season. Um, but I think, you know, as long as as you've got teams like New Orleans that try to – I mean, because you look at the future of the league and try to project out – um, like the West could potentially be like 11 or 12 deep next year. I mean, depending on like if Oklahoma City gets Kid Cunningham in the draft, then they're probably ready to start competing right away, and they could probably be in the running for a 12 seed or something like that. So you're getting super competitive really fast. You can get a play-in game where it's like Zion Williamson against John Morant or something like that, and you're still going to have great theater. Um, so, you know, the Lakers-Suns thing, it sucks for the Suns, but um, at the, at the same time, it's like – Hey, like you're in the postseason, you got home court. If you're going to play the Lakers, the best time to play them is in the first round. Um, prove you belong. Derek Peterson, DaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Dr. Petey's where you find him on Twitter at DrPetyHV in the uh, Varsity Club podcast. Check that out. Derek, we'll talk next week. Thanks for jumping in, bud. Always appreciate you, man. Thank you. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. So, Dr. Petey says it's Wisconsin. I'm going to break the, the mold here. This isn't hot take. I've not been medicating. I'm going to say it's Illinois. You're like, dude, you're, you're losing it. That was a nice facial <laughs> whatever look from Elijah Herbal across the window. I just think there's going to be so much buildup. There's going to be so much noise. I think you can have a really nice exhale, whether you win by 10, 17, 3. If you get out alive with the rest of the college football world watching you, the way the pressure cooker's setting up, the noise, and I mean, I don't think there's any danger of, of change, okay, with what's going on down at the stadium, coaching-wise. I just don't. Okay, that's been a topic this week. Paul Feinbaum, I don't think it's an issue. I do think if you can get out of Illinois a win, get out of the out of uh, the Illini game with a win, I think it sets you up for some momentum. They've not had that really ever. <laughs> okay, so Wisconsin is it's not even a, a question of what's the better program, but I will say that from a from a coaching standpoint, beating Bielema in his opener with a team that just kicked your ass last year, it was bad, a bad football team. I think that's that's a snake pit start. Where I think you're right is that Nebraska has shown in the three years under Scott Frost to they they showed themselves to be a late season team. They have come out of the gates, I mean, poorly. I think in all three seasons. Um, so that does worry me. In that 
maybe this Huskers team does need a, a week of in-season practice, or sorry, a month of in-season practices mm-hmm. to kind of get themselves going because that's what it's looked like for the past three years. But on, on paper, that, it, that on paper it's Wisconsin. On paper it's Wisconsin, and I think you could also make a good argument for Iowa just because they've beaten you so many sure, years and, and, and the pressure is building there um, from the state of Nebraska. We got to beat Iowa again. Uh, I think that's one that's kind of getting discounted in this conversation. Um, you want to skip, skip over Iowa and just take the champ down. Mm-hmm. Well, the champ's not, it's been champ's been Northwestern through the last three years, but it's, you see Wisconsin is who you're, who you're chasing in the West. So you're going to go Iowa over Wisconsin? And I'm kind of doing it in the same reason you are, and I think it's more for the pressure that's going to be built up, especially if Nebraska is right around that six-win mark by the time they get to Iowa City. Uh, if they're at six wins, then you're looking to get to a better bowl game. If you're at five, then you got to get to a bowl game. I think that could be a very tough game just because on top of all that, Nebraska fans want to beat Iowa mm-hmm. really, really bad, and the Husker football players know it. Well, and on top of that, it's, it's in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. You just probably can't take another year. Of, of them kind of doing it to you in your stadium. It's not been a good thing. I'll say this. Wisconsin's obvious. That's the, the team you, you need to take down. I don't think Derek's wrong with you know Michigan's gettable, right? Just because they're, they're kind of a mess and they are trending a certain way. We'll, we'll get off of this topic, I, I promise. But I needed to get Elijah's thoughts. <laughs> what we found with this conversation is that Every single team could be an option except for Purdue. Well, no, because they <laughs> they have no because they 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 have beaten Nebraska as well. Now you did your job and just kind of smoked them and smacked them last year, but two of the last three years, you've had a you've had a peeing contest with offensive brains, right? You've had Brom versus Frost, and I think trying to show off how. How cutting edge of a play caller you are affected Nebraska. I know it did two years ago. I mean, Nebraska tried to outdo old offensive genius Brom. That was that was a bad, bad game plan two years ago where you lost and you were up. You were up 10 and you lost that ball game. I mean, that's, there's been a lot of instances where you've been uh, horribly ticked off as a Nebraska fan, but that Purdue game two years ago may be, may be there. You still may, may be reaching for a little, uh, a, little, a little Morgan and Coke after that one. So there's your grade A insight today. The hardest opponent for Nebraska's Big Ten schedule outside of Ohio State could be anyone. All of them. <laughs> well, you, you, well, think about it. Well, you got to go play at Michigan State after, after Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't start off well... You're, you can lose any game on your schedule. And November. November is such a close with Ohio State, with Wisconsin, with Iowa. How do you respond to, to the opportunity against Ohio State while Wisconsin waits? And you haven't, you haven't, we haven't played well, let alone won, since ever in, in Madison. You got to go back to the 70s, all right? And at least you took them to overtime in sixteen. And then that bubble popped, and you know how 2016 finished. Okay, so how would this grab you? As a college football fan, you've got some choices here. The 82nd best player in the country is Jaden Blue. He's a running back near the Houston area. He is skipping his senior season of high school to prep for his commitment to the Texas Longhorns. He's the top-ranked running back in 2022. He's going to sit out his senior year of high school. 
Now, kids do graduate early to enroll early and, and be part of the program. That's, that's nothing new. But Blue went on Twitter late yesterday and just said, look, I'm, I'm out. Thanks for the support and love. He's considering the wear and tear of the running back position. Now, uh, there may be some coaches, and he might be a part of the program. I mean, his, his numbers were insane. I mean, he ran for over 2,000 yards, 20-plus touchdowns in Houston. That, that part of the country, that city doesn't joke around. That region's high-level football. So it's been a very difficult decision for my family and I. Football's a brutal sport. The wear and tear associated with the running back position's undeniable. I plan to take this time to focus on my uh, academics while enhancing my off-field training and rehab regimen. I'll say this in, in Blue's defense. I'm not a fan of peace, peace, you know, peace out on my teammates. I wouldn't ever do that to a teammate. I get the business decision. I get the, 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 the safety and health standpoint. I know he, he has had a little history of some knee issues, just doing some research on him. So I get all of his reasonings. I couldn't look my teammates and my best friends in the eye and say, sorry, bro, I'm out. Can't do it. Can't play. Can't risk injury. I'm going to be running uh, touchdowns in front of Bevo. Thanks for the times here. See ya. Now, if I'm sure Texas is all right with this. I'm sure Sarkeesian's okay with this. But Truly, I think there's a handful of coaches that, that probably might not be okay with it. They want to see you go earn it. And Texas has seen enough. They offered him. They got him. And it was a, a pretty heated conversation and, and competition to get him to play ball. Everyone wanted him to play football. And I just think, is a year away going to do you good? Health-wise, yes. Skill-wise, I don't know. You, how would you have taken that? I mean, my, my two cents on it is you are still a 17-year-old, <laughs> 18-year-old kid who's still growing into your body, who is still like, I mean, as you're getting bigger, the, the game of football changes as your body changes. You get faster, you get bigger, you get stronger. Um, so I, I just think from a, I mean, he's going to be fine at Texas. Don't get me wrong. He, well, he what if, what if he gets hurt and Texas yanks his scholarship? Because mm-hmm. programs do do that. But, but I mean, that was my other thought was it, it does happen. Injuries do happen your senior year. But as a four-star, one of the top running backs in the country – Five star, I mean, really, you're head and shoulders above your competition out there. I, you can still get injured, but your odds of injury are so much lower than everybody else on that team just because of your skill level. So I, I don't fault the kid, but what I will say is I, I wouldn't have done it. No, I mean, are you, are you afraid to get hurt? Are you going to play scared? I mean, those are some of the comments hurled of the poor kid. And we're back, fellas. Think we could. Listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. One final time, Bill Dolman's coming up, 10 minutes away. Open phones at 525 for you. Salt Dog President, General Manager Charlie Meyer at 540. Dogs off to celebrate their 20th season. And uh, we'll be out at Haymarket Park for the opener on Tuesday, the home opener. A reminder about moving, man, it, now is the time to, to maybe sell that house, right, with the way real estate prices are going. And uh, maybe you're looking to sell. Maybe you're looking to buy. 
and West Blue Realty's got that uh, covered for you. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. They'll make that next move a smooth one for you. For a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity. West Blue Realty can and will provide you up to $1,000 of the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby, there to help. Give Tom a ring at 402-540-3768. Or Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly's outstanding as well. 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue Realty. And uh, log on, westbluerealty.com today go make take a visit to tom or uh, kelly see them at 1120 k street suite 200 so with the the nhl postseason with the abs doing their thing uh did you just stumble upon the abs or were you a faithful espn lincoln listener to abs hockey back in the 0405 season with uh with uh patrick waugh and Adam Foote, Borky, all those guys. Joe Sackage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was a big fan back then. Growing up, I had a Joe Sackage jersey, actually. Sure. Um, so it, it just comes from half my family being from Denver uh, or just the Colorado area, I guess. Just kind of naturally fit. So abs were my team growing up. Abs are still my team. And I, I went through some terrible, terrible years of yes, being an abs did. fan in the uh, like middle school, high school years. But it's all paid off. They got probably the best young talent in the entire NHL. And... Um, I, I think a Stanley Cup could be coming this year. They they just look like the best team in the NHL right now. Are your hopes up for the uh, the rumored golf outing between Aaron Rodgers and John Elway this week? Heard about it. I'm 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 not going to buy into it too much though. I, I, I we we discussed this like a month ago. Um, I, I I'll send my prayers up there. June will still soon be here. June so will soon be here, but you'll there, have nothing of my stress, nothing of my hopes, nothing of my prayers is is, is going to change anything with this Aaron Rodgers situation. What's going to happen? Uh, is if Aaron Rodgers comes to Denver, it's going to be because Green Bay has given up on him, mm-hmm. uh, given up on him coming back. And, and that's – I just got to hope Aaron Rodgers wins the standoff. Last thought here on, on the quarterbacks we started our one with here uh, when it comes to Nebraska, Torres, Morris, Harrell, Bianco, the kid out of Hawaii. We were telling you that uh, Nebraska and Washington State are his two power five offers. Hawaii's there. You do have a trip planned – uh, kind of a tour planned by Bianco this summer as he tries to finalize his Nebraska visit date. But uh, Oregon and BYU are showing lots of interest with yet an offer. He needs to go to their camps and be seen, right? Because no one's been out to see him, really, because of COVID and everything. Syracuse uh, and Nevada uh, UCLA and USC are also in contact. So while there's just three three offers now, two Power Five offers for Bianco, that could soon change with Oregon, with BYU, and I know they're a group of five, but BYU's been pretty good. Uh, and then there's USC and UCLA. You know, what what happens here in the next few weeks with Nebraska's quarterback spot I'm anxious to see, too, where things go with Morris. Is it Georgia Tech and everybody else? Is it NC State? Or is Nebraska like, dude, we, we love you, but we, we need to see you here, and we need to see you throw? Okay, And, and, and it's that way for, for all the kids they're in on. Uh, but I, I have no earthly idea as far as the board. 
what's the pecking order of that quarterback board for 2022, and what's the uh, the recruitability. I think you could get a kid from Hawaii to find his way to Lincoln. A little easier to get him to Oregon. But history speaks of Hawaiian success at QB under Coach Frost. Bill Dolman's coming up. Hour two at Hale Varsity on a Friday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Well, we've got some fan duel numbers out. Nebraska, a nine and a half point favorite to open up week one, zero against Illinois. And the uh, big red dogged by 18. You're getting plus 18 against Oklahoma. Just some food for thought. Welcome into our two at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. We welcome in the pride of Fairbury, uh, NBC Sports, Bill Dolman with us at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, what's up? Good to spend time with you on a Friday. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm just trying to figure out uh, what I'm going to do with these 12 Garth Brooks tickets I have and how much Bitcoin I'm going to charge to get uh, for somebody to get one. Well, I need to know. Poor Elijah uh, spent uh, enough time this morning to get the digital middle finger of <laughs> you didn't get any seats together. And bless Elijah's heart. He was trying to get seats for his dad and his brother and his uh, brother's fiance. So he's trying to do the you know good work. And, and, you know, I make it a family outing. Uh, I, I don't care if I see Garth. Bless his heart. Good that he's going to be rocking the stadium. And it's awesome for Nebraska fans, 90,000 in 90 minutes. Uh, there you go. Dolman, you, you probably have seen some pretty legendary shows. Is, was there anything crazy you did to get concert seats or any show that is is up there and are you coming back for garth you came back for the spring game are you coming back for garth since you have um, since I'm you have sure 12 would, seats uh, together i've seen i've seen uh, garth before uh you know he did that what five concerts set in lincoln um, however many years ago right, that was. Right, so right. i actually saw two or three of those shows and of course chronicled my practice meeting um, at memorial stadium <laughs> last, uh, week. last week uh i'm trying to think the the the, the most i've done the I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. I saw Van Morrison at the Olympia Theater in uh, Dublin, Ireland in 2002. After years of trying to see him in the States when tickets were about 300 plus dollars, even way back then, got him for 38 bucks. But what made that really a difficult decision in going to links to see somebody, I saw Van Morrison and decided not to go to the Guinness Brewery in Dublin. Mm. Which, as you know, for me, is a great sacrifice. It's IV medicine uh, from time to time. You did see, I forgot, you you did see uh, Van Morrison in Dublin. I remember (laughs) before you left, uh, you saying, don't screw it up. (laughs) (laughs) You said, don't burn the place down. So I got to ask you, let's stay with Ireland. Uh, That's 
pretty big for Nebraska. That's uh, that's huge to open up against Northwestern. Well, I think it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty obvious Nebraska wanted to go, and I think it's pretty obvious that whoever is organizing that, if it's Air Lingus or whatever, uh, they want Nebraska to be there because there's a pretty good chance. And I think this whole Garth Brooks thing is pretty indicative that if you have an opportunity to sell tickets to Nebraska people, they're going to buy them. Mm. And uh, I think that I think there was probably some great interest. Uh, for the game that was supposed to have taken place or supposed to take place in uh, August with Illinois. And they realized, okay, that's not going to happen, but if we're going to pull this off, then we got to have Nebraska here because that's going to be the showpiece. Other than Notre Dame, uh, I can't think of a better uh, school to try and utilize to pull something like this off than Nebraska. Bill, do you think the Huskers should bring out some green alternate uniforms for that trip to Ireland? Brother, no. Brother, <laughs> oh, for the love of God and all that is holy, if I see an alternative uniform, okay, and I've always It's against said, look, Northwestern, I, I, so you're gonna. Uh, you know, look, I, I said I can tolerate the alternative uniform as long as it's not in Memorial Stadium. Okay, if they're going to wear purple, if they're going to wear black, do it away from home and do it someplace where nobody's really going to notice, uh, but don't uh, pollute Memorial Stadium and 90,000 people dressed in red and you show up in the Lincoln Height JV uniform or something that is purple uh, that looks like it's a hand-me-down from um, uh, I don't know, Division three school. What's worse, the surrender whites of the late 80s, early 90s or the alternative uniform? Well, that, that's, a, that's a good question because I can still see Marv Seiler uh, slicing and dicing through the Nebraska defense uh, in 1992, uh, and I think we had the all-whites on that day. You know, I never really had a problem with the all-reds, and for some reason, just because we lost to Oklahoma in the, in the reds, people are like, we can't do that ever again, and they haven't done that. That was like 1986. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that bad. It was a good game. It's not as though we came out and wore you were, black to honor the black shirts and gave up 55 points. Bro, you were up 10, and you lost by – you were up 10 with like two minutes to a non-passing team. I know, and, and Keith Jackson made that catch right in front of me at the 20. You should have took one for I'm, the I'm, state, not just I'm the team and fell in front of him. Right, but I, I've never – I don't know why people – even it's, it's like this legendary thing that we can't wear the all-reds. Like, well, my God, we've, we've worn a lot worse and have done a lot worse and desecrated the black shirts. Oh, we're going to honor the black shirts. So let's give up 56 points in the first half. You know, never again. All right. We, we, maybe, maybe a green stripe around the socks or something, uh, but no. We can't go Christmas. I love Christmas, but Christmas colors, no. The red and the green just can't do it. Maybe a little... Patch. There we go. That, that'll work. Bill Goldman's with us on Hale Varsity. Bill, I know you love recruiting, brother. And what's your take? Your old town, Houston, uh, one of the top running backs uh, out of uh, Klein Kane in H-Town, 82nd uh, ranked recruit in college football, uh, 5'10", 195-pound back is going to forego his senior season of high school. It's not the first time this has happened, but it's kind of a a big-time announcement. Uh, Jaden Blue skipping his senior season of high school to prep for his commitment to to Texas football. I'm sure you have a thought. 
And if you and if you're good with it, I'll I'll be shocked. Well, what I think he ought to do because in, in reading a statement, he's he's hoping to get ready for the NFL. I just I don't think he ought to play in college. Uh, I think that he ought to skip his senior year of high school, so that he is in good shape and doesn't get hurt playing football. And then, if his ultimate goal is to get to the NFL, I would suggest not playing college. Mm, that's smart, yeah. And just keep working out. Um, I'm sure that they've got all kinds of great benefits that they would be able to give him at the University of Texas: a fine education, a nice weight room, good uh, food, and just don't play. That way, you are not going to wear get wear and tear on your body, and you go straight to the NFL, which is your ultimate goal. This goes along the lines with uh, Zion Williamson when he got hurt a couple of years ago, and this is really where this started to percolate a lot. When he got hurt, was it against North Carolina and blew out the shoe, and then all of a sudden, all of the national media—you just can't play anymore. You're, you're going to go to the you're going to play in the NFL, or the NBA. You shouldn't play anymore. Well, I, you know, I just thought if Zion Williamson wants to maintain his health, he probably shouldn't have not only not played the rest of that college season, but I, don't, I really think it's dangerous for him to be in the NBA right now because he could get hurt. So he's playing, on, he's playing right now uh, on borrowed time, if you ask me. Uh, I, I think this is dangerous. I think this is probably going to continue to happen. Um, I, I would imagine you're going to start to see lots of guys who are going to you know, basically give the Heisman to their uh, Heisman post to their high school teammates and say, you know what, um, I, I, I like you guys, but look, I'm a lot better than most of you are, and so therefore I'm not going to play. And good luck to you, but, you know, I'm with you all the way. I, I just think it's really, I think it's, especially at the high school level, uh, uh, high school teams in, in Houston, all right, uh, have great talent and they have big guys. Uh, there's no question about it. But let's face it, a guy like that hitting a defensive back in in high school is probably going to be hitting a guy who's about five eight and a buck fifty five. All right, you got to get hit in the game of football. Um, I I think that this is a bad precedent. If I'm I, Texas, I, how do I react? I mean, you don't want to turn him off. He's committed to you. Now he gets hurt, you can pull the scholarship. That has happened. I see both sides of this, but I wouldn't leave my teammates, uh, and I wouldn't play scared. I wouldn't. I, if you're afraid of getting hurt or what could happen, I mean, you know, how tentative are you going to be on the field? And I bet there's a, a, a boatload of college coaches that privately are, are probably like scoffing at this. They just can't say anything publicly. Well, how long has it been since this guy played? I know he had a, a good junior season. All right. So that was last fall. So now he's not going to play this fall. The next time that he'll have any uh, contact of any kind, and remember we've talked about what the NCAA wants to do with, what, 8, 9, and 8, where you can only have a few days of contact in spring. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a guy uh, 17, 18 years of age going two years without significant game action. That's a long time. Exactly. And and this is a you know a, a time to uh, you know I mean you, you, he's a running back I mean you're, you're talking about instincts and you're talking about taking a pounding what's it going to be like when the, the first time you really get smacked in a Division One football game and who's to say that in the fall of I, I mean I'm losing the math here 2022 maybe you get hurt in in, in you know winter conditioning or there's spring well, football that doesn't happen for you you're on the shelf either, for three years. 
right. But who's to say he's the number one running back at Texas then? He might be number two or three or four on the, on the depth chart in 2022. So how much action is he going to get? Now, he might be the second coming of Ricky Williams or Earl Campbell, or the third, I guess, or the, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're still talking about a period of time when you're a young man, and you probably haven't taken a, a, you know, a lot of licks. If you're gaining 2,155 yards in your high school career, you haven't been hit all that much anyway. But by the time you would, you would think by the time he becomes a significant impact player at the University of Texas, you're looking at 2023. Mm-hmm. So that's two plus three, almost three years where you have been a, an everyday back where you have taken the pounding. I, I, look, who, who knows what's going to, he might be great, but I, I just think, you know, I think for the high school kids at Klein, at Klein Kane or whatever it is, which must be a new school, I don't recall it. I, I think you're turning your backs on them, and uh, I I think that you're setting yourself up for a really rough start to your college career in terms of your development. Bill Dolman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Bill, couple minutes here. Uh, Elijah's the resident Denver fan. I want to get your take. What's the the buzz around Donkey Land with uh, John Elway and uh, Aaron Rodgers being golf buddies? Well, I, I, it's interesting that conversation. Those kind of whispers have been around since the draft because they brought in what's his name, George Payton, the new general manager, mm-hmm. and they've kind of moved John Elway out to, well, shall we say, stud. Uh, so they moved John Elway, you know, they moved the number one Bronco of all time out to pasture as a stud, right? I thought it was but a teeth reference, kind, but go ahead. Okay, but, okay, but, but, but what's interesting, and that's what you started to hear on the draft was, well, if they're going to pull up, because that was, that was when the Aaron Rodgers stuff from Schefter started to break was around the draft. It's like, if they're going to get this done, they're going to have to get Elway involved in some way, the way he was able to entice Peyton Manning to come to Denver. So all of a sudden, quietly, uh, all eyes are all, all the whispers are on, you know, can Elway convince Aaron Rodgers that you should come here and then let George Peyton and company put together some type of deal, but it's going to be up to Elway to convince Rodgers to come here. That's, I think it's really been an interesting dynamic with, we got to get rid of Elway. Uh, but we, we still need John, him. John back. We, we, yeah, we, yeah. We, I, I think that's kind of funny. Well, I, your reference, my God, poor Elway, the SP, the SPs, and Will Fair, Will Will Ferrell's character is Harry Carey, talking about Elway fixing his teeth and he can count to four with his hoof. I mean, just killing Elway's a physical appearance. Uh, it was not a nice <laughs> thing. <laughs> it was not a nice thing. And then you go with, oh, Elway's out there studding. Okay, cool. Well. You know, Bill, uh, a thought. Nebraska does what this weekend in their pod? About a minute left here. Indiana and then two against Ohio State. A three-in-one weekend. Is that what's got to happen? I think so. Uh, they they certainly got a break. Uh, what was it? Michigan took the uh, two of three from Indiana last mm-hmm. week and, and uh, dropped Indiana a game and a half back going into these games there. So you're going to get an Indiana team that's going to be pressing a little bit. I don't necessarily think it has to be a three-one or whatever the, the pot thing is. They got yeah, two against uh, the two teams. I think two and two is successful for Nebraska. You come you come back home and you're still in first place uh, going into that final weekend series with Michigan. Uh, I think Michigan did Nebraska a big favor 
And I, and I don't think Nebraska dropping off. I, that, that's such a, such a gritty team that I, I just think that loss to the, the series loss to Rutgers was bad. And I think they've quickly regained their momentum and their attitude. And I, I like them winning at least two, if not three, at Indiana, which I, I don't think three is important, but you've got to win two or three against Michigan into the Big Ten champs. Mm. And I still think it's a mistake that Nebraska is not at least in the consideration for one of those uh, sites to host the NCAA tournament. That, to me, should never have been released when it was because I think you've got to give a Big Ten team like Nebraska an opportunity, especially because 90,000 people would go to the, the regional. They would, and uh, they still may. They just got to go somewhere else to do it. Bill, we'll talk next week. Thanks so much for jumping in, man. All right, go Big Red. See you. There he is, Pride of Fairbury. That's uh, Bill Dolman. We'll hear uh, from Will Bolt coming up here on Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good to have you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. So we did the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. We had listeners hear that cue to call. You dialed up. We threw your name in a box. You, you jumped online. Uh, ESPNLincoln.com. Joni Williamson got it nailed. Joni, congrats to you. And uh, thanks uh, to everybody for making it happen. And, you know, we get more goodies. We'll pass them along. So let's talk Nebraska baseball. So the pod and a little TV exposure for the Big Red this weekend, which is sweet. Seven o'clock start tonight. You have uh, Nebraska that'll open up with Iowa. Povich will be on the hill. And that's so key because he's been uh, incredible for the Big Red. Then you have a doubleheader tomorrow, noon against Ohio State, and then uh, uh, the, the second game at 5.30 against Indiana. Then you'll wrap at noon on Sunday. And Nebraska has, has refocused. Uh, Nebraska has really just honestly played with a chip on their shoulder, and they, they bounced back the right way post-Rutgers. And Rutgers is, is your turning point. Right. And it may have cost you a regional, but it also squeezed you and and made you focus. How does this weekend proceed? We'll see. But I mean, Indiana's got a lot of offensive threats. Uh, Team batting average is just shy of 340. Uh, They score a lot of runs. They have enough power, eight homers. So uh, that's bar, Cole Barr. Uh, with uh, a, a team high, 336, uh, home runs, 8, RBI, 33. So Indiana also has three shutouts this season. So they can throw it. They've got some offensive options. Let's hear from Will Bolt. As uh, Will Bolt uh, had, his, his, had his weekly press conference and kind of touched on the pod this weekend and you know what Nebraska is expecting going in. At least there's some familiarity. Well, I haven't seen Michigan play in person yet, obviously, um, and going into it, the pretty consensus that, um, you know, Michigan and Indiana were probably two of the top teams in the league. And then, um, you know, I'd, I'd think Maryland and Iowa were picked pretty 
pretty high as well preseason. And if you just look at the returning roster and returning talent, I mean, I think th- those teams have all, you know, been very close. Ohio State, you know, you put in that category as well. Um, you know, just I, I think it's pretty thin. Uh, it's pretty razor thin. I think it, you look at the, the history, though, of the standings here, it's pretty typical, though, where you go into the last couple of weeks with not a whole lot of separation at the top. Um, and there's a, a lot of teams in the middle that are right there together as well. And I think that's the case this year. So Coach Bolt asked, you know, what's what's that fine line between first, second, third, and beyond? And, and how, how razor thin is it? More from Will Bolt on that subject. You know, in a typical year, if we're playing non-conference games, I would say there's probably at least six teams in our league um, that are very much capable of being regional type teams. And when I say that, you're looking at look no further than our pod this weekend with with Ohio State. They're pitching. Um, I mean, we're going to face as good a stuff this weekend as you're going to face in any tournament, any regional, in any, any part of the country this, this weekend as far as guys that, that have plus stuff on the mound, athletes, uh, you know, out there on the field and, and those type of things. So I think this this may have been a record year, you know, for our league. Um, and hopefully we can still have a good showing in terms of number of teams that get to the the uh, NCAAs because it is very talented, very deep this year. And, um, you know, there's some teams that have played at a very high level. So a regional tune-up, uh, that's a great way to paint it. Nebraska will take it <laughs> pitch by pitch, inning by inning, out by out. I mean, they they are down to the minute details. That's what I love about their focus. I like the, the messaging from, from Will Bolt. So our own Mike Babcock asked Coach Bolt about – the disrespect angle. Do you feel disrespected in the Big Ten right now? now nationally, do you have an issue with with kind of how the Big Ten's being painted? It's Big Ten's own fault, right? Are, is Will Bold upset about the situation he's in? Here's Coach. I don't know that frustrating would be the right word. Um, I honestly don't. When I say I don't really care about the rankings or pay attention to it, I mean, I don't. I mean, there's really – um, nothing. I mean, it's it's people's opinions uh, on a team. Now, well, probably the frustrating part is uh, just knowing that we don't we didn't have the ability to play a non conference schedule. That would be the frustrating part, where you you don't have the ability to uh, compare across conferences, across leagues, uh, to build resumes. Uh, that part of it was frustrating when we found that out before the season. But since the season's gone along, I, I could care less what anybody else's opinion is on our team or anybody else's team for that matter. You just got to go win. You got to go play good. And you got to put, put a product on the field that's worthy of, of being a postseason team. And um, we knew that's what this, the deal was going to be going into it. Haven't had a single ounce of frustration or, or a single second of thought of it since our season actually started. So he's not worrying about what's out there. He's worried about the task at hand. Last thought here from Will Bolt on perception before we get to some NFL thoughts. Uh, perception at this point is reality. I mean, we, we haven't played a non-conference schedule, um, but we've got some teams that are really good teams. And I think there's been, there's been enough people that have seen the conference uh, – you know, just in the Midwest, the coverage and maybe nationally where you can look at a team and go, man, this is a regional type team uh, and just go from there. But um, as far as perception nationally, can't control that. Just go play. And, um, you know, we've got some really good teams and, and hopefully people will recognize that. Well, Nebraska chance to, to keep on doing their thing. A nice finish. Two against Indiana, two against Ohio State, three against Michigan 
full capacity for Michigan at Haymarket next weekend. And that will be outstanding. So I'm interested here, and you've got Julio Jones and Cam Newton. They go back a ways. They're, They're boys. And Julio's 31 going on 32. A lot of mileage on him. He's still great, but he's been pretty injury prone. And and he's been incredible from a yards and a catches standpoint. But he's so game planned for that his touchdown numbers, he's got to break one or you got to be able to jump ball him because his touchdown numbers aren't always what they don't represent just how important to the offense he's been. But you got to wonder if Atlanta's in the mood to, to, to deal him. And do they do that? Uh, you look at some teams that would be in the market. One is New England. There's been some chatter today about if, if Julio would uh, be okay to go off to New England. And Cam Newton's kind of actively recruiting. At least they, they go back a ways. We, we'll save this till next week. We never got into the... the, the Pick one quarterback of the last twenty years. We're running out of time, but we 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 will hit hit on that. It'll be a fun Monday topic. Perfect. But Cam Newton's one of those quarterbacks. Interested here? If I don't know. Yeah, you trade for Julio. You want him on your team. He can help your offense. That that's not in question. But what do you give up? And Elijah, real quick. I think him in Denver'd be phenomenal. They've they've got a pretty good receiving core. As it is. But there's some pieces. Think about adding Julio to Baltimore. Mm. I mean, think about him with Lamar Jackson. You got Hollywood there. You've got Dobbins in the run game. Defense has been pretty good. Right? Um, uh, what, what, what have we seen in the past couple? I haven't seen much talk on social media about this, but what have we seen in the past couple of years with all these aging superstars going and signing with the Chiefs? Well, <laughs> That would be sweet, but I don't know what... Uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure what... what the, I think the NFL would come down from upon high and block that deal. <laughs> well, I know the, the Chiefs have to jump through some major salary cap hurdles to try to get that done, it's so I'm not going to talk about that. But which is, with all the superstars you've seen going to Kansas City, you've got to think that th- what about maybe, San they, they may be thinking about it. What about San Francisco? I mean, they're already pretty good. And, and, and what they really lack, aside from Kittle, is one of those guys that can go down the field and go win a jump ball. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of speedsters. They got George Kittle. but So you got San Fran, you have New England. Dallas would be tasty. Ooh, that'd be a, a fun, fun top three. Him and Cooper. Um, Amari Cooper plus C.D. Lamb. Yeah, that'd be Ooh. sweet. And the one I saw today uh, was DeAndre Hopkins tweeting he'd restructure his contract to get Julio well, somebody Jones tweet to Somebody tweeted him. And if you get, if you get B-Hop... And and uh, Julio with Murray, <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. I mean, they 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 still have Christian Kirk. I think so. In the Here are your odds: eleven to four that Julio's in uh, in Baltimore, or three to one San Fran, nine to two New England Chargers. You team him up with Herbert. That'd be cool. And I mean, they have a, they already have um, yeah, Mike, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen down yeah. there, so that'd be a, a nice third option. And then what about Tennessee? Well, play action. They already have AJ Brown. They mm-hmm. already have the solid run game. That that's the one that intrigues me the most because of the S- play action. Send Julio Jones to Tennessee, and I think he is a dominant force. I'd there. love to see him with uh, with Indy and Wentz. I'm I'm anxious to see how that turns out. Well, what do you make of the reports though that he wants to go play with Cam Newton? I think he does. 
I think I think they they are boys from back in uh, in high school. Uh, they've kept uh, in contact. They they were high school phenoms. Cam's path went the way it went post Florida, and Julio was the number one player in the country uh, when Nick Saban took over Alabama. That was his first recruit. The number one player in the country uh, goes to Alabama, and look what domino it spurred on. Look at all the receivers Alabama's recruited and sent to the NFL, and Julio kick-started that. It was their cornerstone get. As much as they love defense and as great as their back sevens have been and they've been good on the defensive lines, it was Julio that sent a message for this Saban era. I mean, the, the Patriots are the most intriguing to me, first off, because of that report. Um, I, I, it doesn't seem like a, a Belichick trade to go get Julio Jones, but wide receiver is their weakest position. They missed big on Nikhil Harry in the draft a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Uh, they have their, their receiving threats lined up at tight end. It's where they're missing one is an outside receiving threat, so it just seems to fit perfectly with that New England system. I wonder if New England is willing to go work a trade for that, though. That's not their style. Uh, in, is it time, and, and Matt Ryan would, would lose his mind, but he's he's got some mileage on him, but he's, quite frankly, he's he's done well. He's done well in Atlanta, but if you take Julio away from him, this might be his swan song. But they, they still have good they still have good talent on there. Kyle Pitts, they just drafted him. He's, I know. He's going to be their instant number one threat. You still have Calvin Ridley. You still have Hayden Hurst at tight end. That's I mean, it. I mean, they've, they've got Ridley, and now they have Pitts. It, Julio seems right like now, a little bit of an afterthought. Well, Julio's, he shouldn't be, because you look at how he's gone out and been Hall of Fame worthy. All right? That's who I want teaching Pitts on what to do. Uh, Charlie Meyer coming up. Salt Dogs thoughts. It's Hale Varsity on a Friday. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery in 20 years, man. 20 years of Salt Dog Baseball season 20. And uh, we bring in the president and general manager there from day one. Super important uh, all these years for Salt Dog Baseball, helping keep it uh, rocking and also putting it together. Charlie Meyer back with us. Charlie, 20 years, does it feel or seem like it? It doesn't feel it. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, It's kind of crazy how kind of surreal uh, obviously we were going to plan on doing that last year and COVID kind of derailed us for 2020 but here we are in 2021 going to be celebrating our 20th season so pretty amazing it is and Charlie tell me how you're feeling a about the ability to move forward and, and have a season but also just for a millisecond let's talk about uh, the perseverance to, to get through last year well I mean, it was a tough year. I mean, as you know, with a, having to furlough staff, and, and basically, it's this year is kind of feeling like uh, we're restarting back in 2001 because obviously we furloughed staff and didn't operate last year, and now we're back in operation. And every time we refer to something, we say last year, but it was really two years ago that we actually ran this promotion or ran this uh, ran this event and that type of thing at the ballparks. It was one of those. It's a great feeling to be able to know that here we go. We get to go and start playing baseball again at Haymarket Park and uh, have, you know, now with the updated directive health measures, the masking and all those types of things, that's going to be a, a, a much freer environment for people to come out and enjoy some baseball. And I think people are, are looking for something to do. And hopefully Salt Dogs Baseball and Haymarket Park are on their list to, to come and do this summer. So with your masks or mask, did you put it at home plate and slide into it? 
Just say, I mean, some folks have burned them, some folks have tossed them. Did you wrap it around a baseball and go yard? I mean, how did you get rid of it? Well, I haven't really done anything yet with it. Uh, you know, I know one thing we have, uh, the league mandate has, a, if the players aren't vaccinated, uh, we have a few players that are not vaccinated yet. So there's uh, guidelines that we need to follow that they have to mask up in the uh, in the dugouts and that type sure. of thing. And we have to mask up if we're down in the clubhouse and that type of thing. But all in all, that's the only areas that we're going to need to mask up and make sure that we try to be safe and hopefully the the remaining players get get vaccinated here so we can uh, get the mask and get rid of them here for, for the 2021 season. Charlie Meyer is with us, President GM Lincoln Salt Dogs. Uh, Salt Dog Baseball, of course, on ESPN Lincoln, and so proud to be a part of it. 20 years uh, celebrating season number 20. Charlie, you know, what can folks experience? You've got a year's worth of pent-up uh, fun to, to be had, <laughs> so I'm interested, uh, what can folks expect at Haymarket this season? I mean, so many fun promotions, so many many bargain deals and of course great baseball it's one of those things with a lot of the staples that we've done in the past with uh we've got wiener wednesday uh we got thirsty thursday we got fireworks fridays uh sundays are family fun days uh saturdays are souvenir saturdays with various giveaways throughout the season um we've got a new thing this year uh due to the pandemic and everything last year and that type of thing is uh, thank you tuesdays uh that we partnered with the nebraska medical association to honor frontline workers uh, we'll be doing that every tuesday night at the ballpark and uh, just trying to get, let everybody come out have some fun relax uh watch some baseball and uh, you know enjoy summer evenings at the ballpark that's really what it's all about and the promotions and you know we had a lot of things all staged up, ready to go for last year, and basically we're rolling those out this year with some various uh, 20-year anniversary type things. We got a, a 20-year bucket hat uh, by U.S. Bank. We've got an emeritus uh, throwback jersey, a Brian Warner throwback jersey that we'll be doing later this summer. Um, so we got a lot of different fun things that'll be happening. Uh, we got a Cobb Gun T-shirt. We've got uh, <laughs> bobbleheads that are little emoji uh, bobbleheads, Kurt Smith and Homer. And so thanks to Emeritus and their partnership. And again, we're very fortunate, the, the partners that we've got in this community and the, the support uh, we've had over the last 20 years is what makes Soul Dog Baseball happen here in Lincoln. Two guys near and dear to my heart, uh, Bill Dolman, John Baylor, your original broadcast team. Uh, th- a bobblehead might be scary for children, yes? <laughs> of those guys, absolutely. That's, that's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no I'm going to reach out to those guys. We're going to try to have a kind of a reunion weekend with all the past players and that type of thing. Oh, that's awesome. We'll venture back to Lincoln uh, the middle part of August, and I'm was kind of hoping I can get Billy or, or John to come down. And, you know, they were a part of the a very important part of the whole process when we got started. And obviously KFOR has been a, oh, yeah. our flagship station from day one. And, um, you know, a lot of great partnerships, a lot of great relationships. Uh, that's That's what this is all about. And, uh, you know, the, celebrating the 20th season, we're just going to go back and reflect on all the the good. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's obviously some situations when you look at some of the seasons that hasn't been the greatest. But, you know, we've, we've got one championship under our belt, and hopefully this year we can uh, get another one under our belt. But, you know, it's um, that's always the, the goal each and every year, but it's also having fun and uh, having a great staff to make sure we – 
have all these things happen and the great community that we live in we're lucky we're lucky to have what we have charlie myers with us here on hail varsity charlie we'll, we'll let you get out but uh we we talk about the past and how how great it's been in 20 for 20 years uh with salt dog baseball but future's also bright uh, a really solid team and tell tell folks a little bit about the squad and and, and of course manager uh, brett jody Great. Yeah, Brett Jody, uh, you know, I've, we had a, what I would say, a unique situation that happened here this uh, early spring. Uh, James Frisbee was going to be our manager, and uh, he got a call from the Detroit Tigers to go to the big league staff um, in Mar- in March, and uh, which was a great opportunity for him. Um, he never won a game here, and he never lost a game here with the Salt Dogs, so he was batting a 1,000, but uh, <laughs> Brett Jody uh, was available to us. He had then with the Somerset Patriots out in the Independent League and the Atlantic League, and uh, the Somerset became an affiliate of the Yankees, and so he was sitting on this, basically sitting there waiting for uh, an opportunity, and the stars aligned here for us to be able to land him to come to Lincoln, and he's never been really to the Midwest. He's uh, from South Carolina, and and uh, so we're very fortunate to have him, and um, we got off to a 2-0 and start here. Like last night's game got rained down in Kansas City, but... Uh, had two solid pitching performances with our with our pitchers. We've got one uh, big league uh, pitcher that's on our roster, Johnny Barbado, and he he pitched. Um, I guess it would have been Wednesday night. Uh, we didn't since we didn't play last night, but uh, had a solid performance. And uh, Kyle Kinman, our left-handed ace, that started on uh, opening night, uh, had a great great start for five innings and um, eight strikeouts. And so it was a good start from the pitching standpoint. And, you know, when you look at the from the hitting standpoint, I mean, we're we're scoring some runs. Uh, we're probably uh, a little weak in a couple positions uh, that we're trying to fill here. But it's uh, you know, with this whole COVID and this pandemic uh, and all this changes that have happened at Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball, there hasn't been as much inventory of players that have been sitting out there uh, to put on the roster. So it's been a little more difficult putting a roster together. Um, but uh, we like what we have. Uh, obviously, we'll continue to fine-tune throughout the season, and here we are uh, two games in out of 100 that we'll play here in the next 112 days, and, you know, it's Salt Dog Baseball. Here we go again, 2021. SaltDogs.com is where you can log on, get ticket info, and, and uh, go enjoy the, the ballpark and enjoy the team this year. Charlie, thanks for the time, and thanks for all you've done. Well, thank you, Schmitty. Thanks for the partnership, and we we'll look forward to seeing you here out at the ballpark, and I think you're coming out opening night, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio tomorrow morning. Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. I'm off to Grand Island with a bucket of chicken and some of Joe Boo's rum. So Lincoln A is going to get the uh, the win column rolling this weekend. There's my prediction. It's you, you feeling confident? You like you feeling like putting money down on that prediction, or is it just like I'm a, not wagering on <laughs> youth baseball? On youth baseball, <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> Did have a suggestion from Notre Dumbass, our uh, faithful listener on Twitter, 
in reference to, you know, the fun you can have at Salt Dog Games. And he suggested that you combine the Bark at the Park event with Fireworks Night. <laughs> I've got a German Shepherd that's cranked out of her mind, and Roz is a 85-pound Labradoodle that doesn't move and uh, is all sorts of fluffy, and she's fat and sassy. Uh, Fourth of July is hell at our house. We give them, we, we have these hemp treats, mm-hmm. right? The, the vet said, oh, this will help them. And the 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 logo on this thing's hilarious. It's got a it's got a big dog that's just kind of sitting there grinning and stoned slash staring off into space. <laughs> and it's called Quiet Time. That's the name of the, the treats. Quiet Times. <laughs> so, uh, long and short story is when it's Fourth of July, Roz and Gertie each get a hemp treat. That's again prescribed by the vet. It's all legal. We're not getting our dogs stoned because we're not filthy animals. But yeah, the the fireworks is always adventurous, especially with two big dogs in the house, even in their little bunker downstairs. Do you think that is the next step for Colorado? Though is like lightly medicated dog treats that you can go to the dispensary and buy. Is is that is that is that the next wave, dude? The owners out in out in Donkey Land are, are probably sharing. They're mile-high treats with with, <laughs> Ro- with, anyway. with Rover anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you can't combine Bark at the Park and, and Fireworks Night. But just, those are... Just, the, you just can't do it. it. Two amazing events that need to stay separate. It's like two amazing dishes like in food that need to stay separate. Like, uh, let's think here. I, I was going to say pineapple and pizza, but I kind of like pineapple and pizza. Hawaiians are good, especially Lazari's. Mm-hmm. But it, it's the same concept where, like, Sometimes whenever you combine two great things, it's going to end terribly. Right. I mean, Kobe and Shaq. Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> right? That's your sports equivalent to fireworks night and bark at the park day. It might be cool for a little bit. <laughs> right. Before the fireworks start. <laughs> Could be a beautiful 75 degree evening. You're watching baseball. Then all of a sudden, here comes the artillery shells and Roz the Labradoodle has a heart attack. No good. As for me, I got the show in the morning, and then uh, tomorrow afternoon, headed up to Omaha. It's my brother's bachelor party. Oh, really? Yeah. Where so, are we going? Um, don't it, know yet. It's a surprise for my brother, but I don't think he listens to the show anyway. So we're, we're going to Top Golf to start it off, and then we're going to go find somewhere to get dinner and then some drinks that evening. So. Beautiful. So a nice little afternoon evening for my brother. You'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. Yeah, it should, should be a good time. He check, it. Check out the podcast, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. Tell us what you think. Take us with your time. And, of course, ESPNLincoln.com, the on-demand. can find the interviews and the segments you want. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, talk to you with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.